This is the magic hour for the next hour. I'm going to be talking with a couple of different guests. Our first guest today is Martha Grover, Portland memoirist, zine writer, and a jack of all trades. And I'm going to be talking with her about how she makes all the different projects that she does, how, how she finds the time, how she finds the energy. And we're going to actually be talking about the obstacles and challenges and sometimes burnout that can happen uh, for creative people when you just take on so much stuff and are like, how do I get all of this done? But I want you to stick around for the full show because at the end of today's episode, we're going to also be talking with Raj Patra of Yoga for Life here in Portland. And um, he's got some interesting stuff to share, uh, some perspective about uh, yoga and some kind of more of the philosophical angle on you know getting beyond just the asanas, the poses. So that's very interesting too. So stick around for another episode of The Magic Hour. Hi there, welcome to another episode of The Magic Hour. I'm your host, Anthony Alvarado, and you are probably listening to this on X-Ray FM at KXRY Portland and KQAC HD3 Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM. Streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. That's a mouthful. Um, Welcome to another episode. I'm really... Uh, excited to have, I think this is our first repeat guest, Martha wow. Grover. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for again. being, again, <laughs> you were on an episode a while back with Joshua Amberson and we talked all about zines. Yes. And um, I wanted to talk a bit with you because you, you do so much stuff. I was looking at, you sent out um, an email. Uh, My newsletter. Your yeah. newsletter. Yeah. Let me just kind of go go down the list oh, no. here okay. just really quick i'm just is that all right you <laughs> yeah might? sure go so, ahead um so you send out this uh newsletter and and you've got a an essay published in volume one brooklyn uh the starfisher why i didn't name my tumor you were on a uh, recently on another podcast uh Daria Matza's wonderful podcast, Every Everybody. Mm-hmm. A new episode of your podcast, PDX Darlings, is out. Um, you're doing a Beeswing listening beat. We're going to talk all about all this stuff more, but I'm just trying to give yeah. the listeners this an idea of how crazy you are, how much stuff you do. You do so much stuff. And uh, the Beeswing listening beat, which is a like a live storytelling yep. event. And then you're putting on um, a play. You're putting together a play. I am in the very early stages. Very of, early planning stages of writing and producing a play. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> and <laughs> you are doing free uh, postcards to everyone who subscribes to your Patreon page. Yep. Um, and and the listening bee uh, at Bee's Wing is going to be a fundraiser. So and now. I've been on Martha's email list for for quite a while. We've known each other for for years, and this is like kind of a typical, almost a typical. I feel like you <laughs> generally have just so much going on, and so that's what I wanted to kind of dive into today. Because, um, as as you know, and I can sympathize. You know, I'm also somebody who has way just a lot of projects. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, so how's it going with, with all that? <laughs> you, you've got a lot of well, place in the air. Well, we were kind of chatting a little bit before we turned on the, the recording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, basically, uh, it was funny because yesterday or the day before I had like a total meltdown. <laughs> and I, I, did, I did too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I posted on Facebook how, what, how exhausted and demoralized and, mm-hmm. and kind of worn thin. Because what you didn't mention is that I'm also a real estate agent. That's right. And I also have some other side jobs that I do to uh-huh. make money besides my artwork. Um, so I had, long story short, I had this that essay published on Volume One Brooklyn, and um, I've just been working my butt off. And I posted it on Facebook that morning on Wednesday. I went to go clean a house. And I came home, and then I had to babysit. I didn't have to, but I had volunteered to babysit my sister's kids that night. So you babysit, you clean houses. Uh, yeah, and you... I and I took like a little break to watch a little bit of Netflix for like mm-hmm. an hour and like mm-hmm. lay in bed. Um, and it was like eight people liked it, you know, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And normally, the you know, post about how the tired po- you no, are. No, the post about me publishing that essay. Oh, right. Yeah, and so by the end of the day, I was super exhausted, and I felt it was felt so anticlimactic because. Uh, it took me two years to write that essay. Uh-huh. Like it was a whole journey. Like it, it was like 20 pages at one time and then I scrapped all of it and then I rewrote it. I mean, I was like, I worked my butt off and it was a two year process. And it's about like a 15 year span of my life mm-hmm. as well. So then you post on Facebook and eight people like it. Thank you everyone that liked it. But it's like, <laughs> it feels super anticlimactic. And so by the end of the day where you're like literally cleaning a toilet and babysitting <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, that was that. Yeah. That was like two years of work. And so I posted this thing on Facebook and just basically it was like, I try to be really upbeat and like forge ahead and inspirational and in taking an inspiring and that, stuff. And that let the wind out of yourself. It totally let the wind out of myself. And I was like, I knew I was going to come in to talk to you today. And uh-huh. I was like, the ironic thing is like, I'm going in to talk about like all my projects and self-care, yeah. you know, and how like we keep going with all these multiple things that we're doing as artists and not lose hope and like forge ahead, you right. know? Yeah. I mean, that's the topic yeah. for today that I wanted yeah. to get into is how do we as artists, as creative people that are, you know, you and I, we write, but we also yeah. do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, you, you feel like you put yourself out there and you feel like the world is, gives you a yawn. It's like, <laughs> and yeah, so, you know, um, I just wanted to talk all about yeah. that. Like, where do we yeah, find motivation? Sure. Yeah. How do we deal with that? How yeah. do we keep going? Yeah. And I will say this, I hate Facebook and I... <laughs> Here's my my tip for listeners, like just disengage as much as possible from Facebook. Not only will it save you a ton of time, step one, delete it off your phone. Step two, just like don't log in to fa- like Facebook for, you know, I didn't, I, I, I go weeks at a time without. And, and whenever I do that, um, I'm really happy. I'm like, I'm not missing anything because... Well, I have a counter argument, but I don't know if we want to go down that bunny trail. Okay, well, my counter argument is like I was basing the metric I was using to base my emotions around that two years of work was how many people liked it on Facebook, right? Which Uh is screwed up. That's messed up. Yeah. Like that's why I had a meltdown. I agree with you. Yeah. Like that was not healthy. Right. On the other hand, because. But I think everybody gets like not even whether it's like a, um, you know, an essay that you put all this time into. I feel like all of us all people that are that use Facebook we get like sucked into this like how oh, many total- likes is it going to oh, get oh totally tweet you know, how many retweets the, the how perfect many... tweet the perfect yeah and totally there's something so 
icky about that. It's to gross. Me. Yeah. It's gross. And it's like, why put yourself on a, that emotional roller coaster when you actually don't need to? Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, because Facebook, and this is a conversation everyone's having right now because of all yeah. the stuff with uh, oh, yeah. Cambridge Analytica right. and everything. But, you know, they're thinking, well, do I want to get off this platform? But because it's so big, I mean, I list a set, one of friend was like asking, like, what do you use Facebook for? And it's mm-hmm. like, I use it for everything. Like and, and my not, real estate business, running events. Not being on there you know, kind of feel, I, I, I it's totally. It's a powerful tool. It's mm-hmm. not just about like, no one liked my essay. It's like, <laughs> no, like people know where my event is. Right. Like there's support groups that I'm right. in for like, you know, chronic illness and like, mm-hmm. yes, all those things I could have at separate sites, but it just like contains it in one site. So practically speaking, it's very positive. But emotionally and and addictive wise and, you know, correlating it to our self-worth is like really messed up. And I want to get to basically like where my thoughts were going, you know, in in preparation for like, okay, well, like what, what, how does this, what does this experience of being so deflated have to do with self-care and um, but you know, it, the Facebook thing is like a that was just a side issue. But was like, that sort of the straw in the camel? Yeah, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, what the, you know, can I swear? No, no. Okay. please don't. Okay. We're on the radio. <laughs> that, I was like, what the if hell? If you swore. Yeah, okay. Um, I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, what am I doing? Like, it was kind of a wake up, wake up call, actually, yeah. because I was, by the end of the day, I was like feeling real sorry for myself. Uh-huh. And that's not... Um, I don't like to dwell in that. You yeah. know, like that's not a space I want to be in. Right. But I think it's important to, because I was talking to my sister about it and she was like trying to give me a pep talk and I was like, I just need to feel this right now. Like just yeah. let me feel this feeling yeah, yeah. for like five minutes mm-hmm. and then I can get over it. And so I want to talk to you about what I, how I kind of came out be- of that. Before yeah. we, we yeah, get into totally. that, I want to add that I kind of went through, it was, I was kind of glad when I saw your Facebook post that you were feeling overwhelmed and burnt out basically because um i was kind of going through the same thing just in the past few days and you know like i've got a book coming out on june 19th and there's been a lot of work getting that ready and then um you know i've got all these other projects i'm like playing in a band for fun yeah um getting into like doing some film classes and film work and you know this podcast and just so much different stuff and and um i hit a wall like yesterday because of allergies i'm not used to having allergies and all of a sudden i had these allergies like sniffing sneezing yeah laid out knocked out on the couch from a benadryl and i was just like i I, I want to quit like half my projects <laughs> and, you know, just be a normal person right, that doesn't do right, all this stuff. Right, right. Why do I, and I was like, yeah. why do, why do I always yeah. do, like do so much? Right. You know? Um, right. I, and I, I don't, it, it's funny though, because, uh, I, like I get, bought some, uh, you know, different, uh, nasal sprays now I'm feeling much better and I'm like because I love to do all this stuff you know <laughs> like <laughs> well yeah I mean I have a chronic illness that leaves me mm-hmm. um incapacitated quite often um and it is an added also an added element yeah. and, you, and now I've gotten to the point because I've had this chronic illness for about six years uh, I've gotten to the point where it's now I just kind of like factor it in. Mm-hmm. You know, like I it's fa- going to take this much time and energy. Yeah, to like deal I with. just expect that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it doesn't feel necessarily like sideswiping. You mm-hmm. know, but but I mean, do I factor in 
demoralization and <laughs> so existential despair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's just, just a, like that's just a given. It's like, a part of you being a writer. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like you talk to writers, and they're like. They're like, yeah. I mean, it's almost like don't talk to writers about that because you're not going to get any sympathy. They're like, yeah, no one read it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the way it goes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just I just spent a couple of weeks on an essay that was for an anthology that these, uh, I won't say who, but, you know, the, these people asked me to write an essay for this anthology about entheogens, like psychedelic drugs and spirituality. Oh, cool. And I was like, cool, this sounds great. And I spent a bunch of, and it paid a little bit. And I spent a couple of weeks just working on this thing. And it it was kind of, it was not what they were looking for at all because I just think for differently than than what they wanted. And, and you uh, already spent all this time doing it. Yeah, but you know, it, I yeah. spent a couple of weeks on it and they're like, oh, this isn't really going to work for us. Oh, and, man. But it wasn't even that much of a bummer because I was like, man, that was fun to write. That was like yeah. a good experience. And I, you right. know, I'll find somewhere else for it. Totally. But, um, so how did you pick yourself up from off of the, the despair? Right. In- right. So, uh, <laughs> so when you wanted to like talk about self care, I, um, spent some time kind of thinking, well, what do I do for self care? Yeah. And, um, one of the things I try to do is I try to, and this sounds super hokey, but, um, it's not which is I try to surround myself by with other creative people, mm. you know, and even though I was just joking, like don't complain to a writer about, but like con- commiserating is super important. And then another thing I do is I listen to a lot of podcasts like yours mm-hmm. about creative processes and also uh, narratives. Yeah, that of, can be inspiring. Yeah, totally inspiring. So I listen to a couple podcasts about the creative life and um, business owners and entrepreneurs and people that, um, forged ahead and like made something and um you learn a lot from that and so the reason I bring that up is because there is a a podcast called the portfolio life that's about writing and marketing and one thing that he said um I think his name is Jeffrey Goins he said one of his podcasts that was really inspiring to me and pertinent uh is that it's as an artist um you don't want to focus on like one hit wonders or like having a big break. Mm-hmm. Like that's great if it happens. Yeah. That's kind right? of the fantasy for it's everybody. It's a total fantasy. Yeah. And, um, you want to focus on your body of work, like the entire body of work. Mm-hmm. And so that body of work is like an ocean and that little essay that I wrote that, yeah, the reason why I was so disappointed because it took me so freaking long to write, <laughs> right. From beginning to end, but it's just the drop in the ocean. And like really what you're saying when you're like, Oh, it I maybe I shouldn't have maybe I should have I don't know whatever like you know I'm not knocking volume one Brooklyn but like any kind of woulda coulda shoulda or maybe I should have announced it at a different I mean whatever like second guessing yourself is that an online yeah and it's very well known but I'm I'm just saying like woulda coulda shoulda like you're really saying you're really like hoarding your work if you start doing that you start hoarding it mm-hmm. and not putting it out there and really what you're telling yourself when like, like if- my work is so precious that like I need to have everything has to be perfect it has to be like mm-hmm. perfectly announced on social media it has to be the perfect outlet what you're really saying is that I'll never write something this good again <laughs> so you're yeah you're I like that you're insulting yourself mm-hmm. because it's about the whole breadth of everything that you do and that's just one more you know, yeah. You know, one more thing that I can now add to my body of work that's out there in the mm-hmm. world, and that's only a good thing. That's so, only a good thing. 
really quickly um, for listeners, I, I just want to reintroduce in case people are, are just tuning in. Um, this is the Magic Hour. I'm Anthony Alvarado, and I'm talking with Martha Grover on today's show about self care for artists. And we we got through the like uh, kind of a little pity party for each other uh, about how it can be very challenging, very hard um, to put creative work out there. Um, but I, I wanted to talk a bit more also about um, strategies like marketing. I feel like you yeah. you do such a good job of putting yourself out there. Was that something that you've? And, and by that I mean um, the the mailing list. Mm-hmm. You have a Patreon page. Mm-hmm. You have uh, you're you're very good at at um, getting that kind of that PR going. I feel like and has that was that something that you've built up. Uh, a knowledge base and figured out how to do as you as you're you've because uh, you started out you you were making just zines and you probably you know like had no idea where that would lead no right? I had no idea where it would lead um I think at this point in the last since I've got I've, so my patreon page just so everyone knows is patreon is p-a-r or p-a-t-r-e-o-n it's hard for me to com. say it's kind of yeah like an extra yeah vowel. Uh, backslash martha grover so if you go to patreon.com and backslash martha grover you'll find my page um ever since i discovered that platform um i kind of put my marketing into supercharge because i realized how powerful and supercharged supercharged marketing like okay intentional yeah you know yeah, yeah. Um, because it's such a powerful platform but up until that point i would say it was very intuitive uh-huh. and it was only in the sense that a community is a really big thing for me yeah but then you and stumbled was, on patreon uh, patreon and like, hey, this, yeah patreon. And it, yeah patreon and it was like oh wow this is really this awesome this is this will work for me and so now i'm at a point where i'm paying my rent and my car payment that's, with that money that's great uh, yeah totally yeah um it has been very it's been hard work but mm-hmm. like yeah so it's really great but i would say that in two i would not look at myself and say i'm a great marketer i don't really view myself that way but i do know that my need and desire to build community mm-hmm. um really was a benefit when i because i already have been doing my zine for 10 years i already had a mailing list of like everyone that had ever subscribed right and i already had a newsletter going and I already had people that followed me on social media, so it so, was just a natural step. So let's say you know the the listener at home maybe has a, a creative outlet, you know whether they write or it's music or it's art, whatever it is. What advice would you have to to a creative person that is trying to figure out how do I make um, how do I make what I do with my passion help pay? For the car, payment. yeah, you know yeah. that that kind of connection, like yeah. Um, I think first, just just try to figure out what kind of artist you are. Um, I initially had my uh, Patreon makes you ma- write a little descriptor of yourself when you sign up for your page, mm-hmm. and um, I initially had it was like Martha Grover's creating zines, podcast books, essays, like this laundry <laughs> list of things, <laughs> and it just looked garbled and bad. And then I realized like. I changed it now. If you go, it says Martha Grover is creating whatever the hell she wants. Right. And um, that is a marketing strategy that works for me. Uh Right. It may not work for you. And I don't even know ultimately if it is a good marketing strategy (laughs) uh, because it it requires people to know me. But that's always the way my work's been. My I have always I'm a memoirist. Yeah. Everything everything that I do. I'm at the it's very personal. I'm at the forefront. So but other people um, will just do like, you know, 
comics about a certain topic mm-hmm. or very focused, you know, and so they they have the advantage of just marketing to who they are, like who do, their fan is. So I that's do comics you about f- cats. Yeah, exactly. So figure out what kind of artist you are and then hone in, in on that. Right. But- and then, yeah. And then the other thing I would say is that because I know a lot of people that have asked me for advice about Patreon and, mm-hmm. you know, I've looked at a lot of different pages, you got to offer people something. I'm slamming my hand down on the <laughs> table. I'm realizing like a tyrant. Um, uh give people real rewards like don't be entitled like it's very obvious and I don't know if it actually comes from entitlement or if it is just an innocence and I have a tay but um, it's like you know you can have tiered goals so my next goal is $800 earning $800 a month to get an art studio but other people will be like I need $5,000 to write my novel and mm-hmm. it's like they've got $3 or mm-hmm. something it's like <laughs> and what are you getting I see, right? I see so, stuff like that when yeah, I go on there go in steps go yeah. in steps have goals that are like small goals right. and achievable ambitious goals because uh-huh. that you want to push yourself but not like crazy goals because people want to like be like, oh, they're almost there. Right. I'm just going to push them over the edge. Right. And like, my dollar is going to mean something to this person instead of like, it's just a drop in the bucket of this like lofty nebulous thing that, yeah. you know. So yeah, dream big, but also like make your goals attainable. Make them, make them relatable and Make attainable. them relatable. Yeah. yeah. And like, I have rewards that are like, I'll send you two copies of my book, like at a $20 right. level. And like, you're still going to get stuff that's like extra on top of that. But that's like a really good deal. So what you're saying yeah. is that um, it was a, a process where pretty quickly you're like this this model works. Yeah, there's, totally. There's yeah, like Kickstarter is another one that yeah. like, I haven't I haven't really tried any of these things, but I've I've been very curious about um, you know would would one of these be right for for my own you know creative. Uh, getting some kind of financial support because you know so much of and I I know so many people like ourselves that toil at at whether it be writing or or music or art or some other creative outlet and you know it takes up a lot of time that you could if if you weren't trying to make something creative and artistic you know you could just be putting in extra time at the job you know yeah. just making cash so it's definitely right. like it's a challenge one thing um i was i was uh, a couple of years ago i was in france for a few weeks and they were the i was riding around with um these kind of these theater people uh, as i actually spent some time with, with this theater community and they're explaining to me oh you know yeah at a certain point if you live here long enough and you make enough art and you put you put enough of your time into making art um the government will step in and be like look we're gonna subsidize what you do because you obviously are devoted to painting or to theater or to whatever and i was like wow can you imagine that's like (laughs) blowing my mind i'm like that can't be true that's france (laughs) it's a a real thing wait what no it's it's, i don't know what they call it but you know we don't have that here and so that's why (laughs) they have like they have like the committed artist fund and we have the like hopeless loser you know (laughs) well that's why we have we have programs like like uh, Patreon and, and yeah, Kickstarter and those right. are relatively new too yeah, I, I remember totally. being like what that's not going to work nobody's mm-hmm. going to want to 
give yeah. people money for, yeah. for making cool stuff? Well, but. the difference between Kickstarter and Patreon, if anyone is confu- confused, is that Kickstarter is for projects. Mm-hmm. And Patreon is a monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. And that's why it worked so well for me is because I already had monthly subscri- or you know subscribers to my zine that mm-hmm. anytime it would come out, I would send it to them and they had prepaid for it. So it was just a matter of you know, getting most people as many people as I could over to Patreon because mm-hmm. it's way easier for them and for me just to sign up through the website and yeah. do it that way, you know? And so, then, and you're saying it is quite a bit of work to send out those rewards, but yeah, like I don't want it. Oh yeah. Like I don't want to say like, Oh, it's great. The money rolls in. No, it's been, <laughs> that's like, it's been hard work. Like yeah. I, you have I to build that you have up. to build it up and you have to like give people something worth giving you their money for. Yeah. And, um, but what's good about it, um, is that you, because I'm in businesses that are like up and down, you know, like yeah. real estate's up and down, being an artist is like up and down. Um, it, it provides me with an amount steady, of money that yeah. I know it's, I'm going to make every month, which right. is great and for doing stuff that, to be honest, I would be doing anyway. Right. And if I was in France, I would be <laughs> getting that French money, that yeah, French artist that, money. That That's how, that's yeah. how it works over there. <laughs> um, so what, what is your most recent, um, uh, book that you had come out. Well, uh, the end of my career was my last book. And yeah, it came out over a year ago. Yeah, I wanted to get a little bit more into just how you balance so many different things because sure. you write, you you draw, you do illustration, mm-hmm. you yeah, uh, you work in a couple jobs. Like, yeah, do you ever just forget which drawer? to have open in your mind or like, like <laughs> what am I doing right now? You know, do you feel like there's like a, a, a synergy that happens from doing so many different things? What or does synergy it, mean? Like means, define synergy okay, for me. So I, uh, when, you know, maybe you're, you're doing the play that you're going to be working on yeah. and synergy would be the, visual art that you do and the writing like coming together and being mm. being like okay I was able to like m- make the play work right because I have this visual component going mm. and this mm. writerly component like oh between the different art forms you yeah mean? yeah do yeah. they do they kind of help each other out oh for sure you know yeah I mean? totally totally because um I've been doing the storytelling I used to do Tad's uh, chicken and dumplings storytelling event. It's right. called I called it Tad's Talks, mm-hmm. and I did that for three years. And I met all these people in the comedy and theater community. And now, because I want to turn part of my first book into the into a play, I now know all these people, and right. I you know, and I've become like way more versed in like being on stage. You know, not not for me personally. I'm not going to be acting in it, mm-hmm. but I've met all these people. So it goes back to community. So that's the connecting. Thing is that I, I've you know and they're all offering to help me you know which is amazing mm-hmm. so I think that's been the synergistic part for me and then like because my books are illustrated I've met a ton of illustrators and comic book people and zine people and like zines is also like it's almost like a boot camp <laughs> in a way because it's like you have to do the visual part you have to do the man you have to like physically put it together you right. have to promote it you have to go table you have to like do so it. you are like your own publishing getting the house whole, the whole thing yeah. and i'm not great at a lot of those things but <laughs> i make it work what's you your know? weak spot with those things oh like making it look nice uh-huh. like i'm not very computery uh-huh. about like layout and like I don't know how to do design stuff. So always Me ends too. up, everyone always says 90s era zine. And that's like code for like, looks like crap. Drew <laughs> <laughs> this together with some staples. Um, 
Yeah. So do you uh, kind of plot out in advance like your week? Like, okay, I'm going to yes. do writing yes. at this time. and Totally. I think that's like you would think that my life was is very chaotic, but it's actually the opposite. I was imagining your yeah. life is very chaotic. It's not chaotic. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, my room's really messy, uh-huh. but uh, it's small, so I can clean it up really fast. <laughs> um, no, I and I think that that is something I thought about, too, when I was having my little meltdown is like, you know, I what any time that you decide to um, what I what I this term I've learned is just take massive action. It's this it's this term, and it's from a, another podcast that I love. It's a co- uh, life coach. Her name uh-huh. is Cara Lowenthal. So, Cara, if you're listening, I haven't not stealing this from you, but she calls it massive action. So, if I decide I'm going to write this play, or if I decide I'm going to write a book, or if I decide I'm going to I will earn eight hundred dollars for an art studio a month, I do everything I can to make that happen regardless right. I don't have to worry like is this the right thing or is that the right thing no you keep doing the things until it happens so once you come you up get, with the thing you you, commit. you just commit and yeah. so you if you try one thing doesn't work you try another thing you just keep keep going well unfortunately if that's the way you're living your life you can get blinders on mm-hmm. and you can become incredibly um, not spontaneous mm-hmm. Uh, ri- mm-hmm. I would guess rigid I was yeah. basically and so that's, when I was having this meltdown it's so like, interesting yeah having this conversation these are all things that I've been thinking a lot about yeah. recently myself right yeah. yeah so yeah so my sister calls me up and says you want to go get coffee I can't I have something planned right. already right and when I was having this meltdown I was babysitting my sister's kids and I'm like I have six nieces and nephews and I always want to spend more time with them but it never happens because I already have my week freaking planned totally. out already yeah me- and so I was like I was like told that all my sisters and my brother I was like I'm putting it on the schedule because if I don't put it on the schedule I will literally never see your kids yeah. which are super important to me yeah, right? that's. So I was having. There's that, a trade-off. Yeah, I was having that thought um, just this past week, because I, you know, I also like I plan out. Okay, I'm going to write every morning, and I'm going to work on this project on Tuesdays, and you know, podcast uh, show, X-ray show on Friday. You know, mm-hmm. kind of all these different periods for different um, projects. And um, somebody was telling me about there's a thing in Japanese culture called forest bathing. Which oh, is just well. like being out in the forest, you know? I don't think it's actually I like, like bathing, but it's just like yeah. if you're in the woods, you're forest bathing. That sounds and nice. And it just sounds so nice. And <laughs> they've done all this research and they're like, yeah, it's really good for you on so yeah. many levels. And I was just thinking like, when's the last time I just got yeah. out into the woods? Gosh, it's been a long time. Yeah. And it's because, yeah, my schedule. So you have to, I, I have to schedule that time. Right. Which is funny because I, I've, wasn't always I was I used to be when I was younger quite the opposite I was really just I'll do whatever on any given day and then the process of becoming a writer the process of of writing a couple books and getting those published taught me like look if you want to be serious about about your writing or about something you're passionate about creatively you have to put in the time and you have to commit to doing it you know, day after day. and Yeah, because um, no one's forcing you yeah, to do that. Yeah, it's no joke. Like, yeah. you, yeah, you have that, that exactly, that um, motivation really has to be intrinsic and and daily. Um, and I feel like I've kind of, over the years of the process of writing has kind of turned me into this, the, the opposite of what I was, <laughs> yeah. like, as a slacker 20-something. Now I'm, like, so regimented. But it's, you know, it's, a lot of it's creative stuff. But, yeah. But, it, yeah, it's like, I got to schedule this time. to Right. So, 
So just it's the, a trade-off, mm-hmm. but like, you know, but yeah, like what you're saying, like scheduling time Schedule time to forest bathe. And see your nieces <laughs> and, see, and nephews. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, let's talk about money. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Um, how, how important do you think money is in being able to like make the next creative project and, and, uh, you know, I feel like there's kind of this idea that uh, out there of like, you know, art is art and it sh- should not be tainted by money or something, you know. I, like- <laughs> I totally reject that idea. I don't know who's saying that. People that already have money, I yeah, think, are saying I guess that. So. <laughs> That's my opinion. Um, well, what I mean, so I, I just, I don't know, like, I guess um, for me, maybe this isn't exactly answering your question, but part of my, you know, being exhausted the other day, uh, you know, when my essay was published was thinking about what are the circumstances that I'm creating this artwork in? Mm -hmm. Like I am, you know, busting my butt to make money through my artwork and Mm -hmm. through real estate and, you know, my other side jobs and teaching and stuff. And um, when you don't feel like you're getting ahead, and by that I mean you feel like you don't have a sense of security. Mm-hmm. Your art will suffer, and your in your um, mental health will suffer. Yeah. And I also feel like I don't know about you, but like you know, I feel like everyone is in this state of like heightened stress right now because oh, yeah. of everything that's going on politically. <laughs> sure. And so that's just another layer. And then as me as a chronically ill person, there's just another layer of like I feel like my life is being threatened when there's healthcare is threatened. I literally mm-hmm. feel like my life is being threatened. And so outside, like art does not exist in this vacuum and this bubble. Like, of course it doesn't. Yeah. You know, like we'll look back and look at all the art that was created during this time and we'll see a movement that we can't see right now. Yeah. And right. It's, like it's, we're being influenced right that. And some of what's influencing us is stress. Right. And <laughs> you know what that brings up in my mind, this idea of, of like, you know, with what's going on, politically there's days where i feel like well how how can i stand to uh work on you know a a piece of music or or a short story or a poem or something that anything that's not like directly political you know but then really that's stupid because then it's like if you're living in a world where that's all that you can focus on and think about, like what a robbery of life that is, you know? Oh yeah. To, that's to a really good point. Be, yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, about a, a year ago there was a period where I was like, okay, this show is only going to be about Trump bashing for like a year, you know? Wow. And then, yeah. and then a, a few episodes of that, I was like, you know, that's, that feels like, losing somehow to yeah to change because the nature of the show has always been about creativity mm-hmm. and like psychedelic weirdness mm-hmm. and metaphysical stuff yeah and to not have that be an aspect of what we uh, as humans are are thinking about and talking about and making yeah. art about you know yeah. it's really sad it's a defeat it feels so. like a defeat it's like they won or something yeah totally <laughs> totally <laughs> well, we won't I, let yeah. them win yeah well and i also think too that um you know, separating our art into non-political and political is, is, um, it's just a false distinction Mm -hmm. because I feel like everything we do is political regardless of whether we're overtly talking about it or not because of who we happen to be, our identifiers, where we are in the world. So I just don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. You know? So I just, it's not a question that I ask myself. 
And also a question of like whether art should be linked to money is not mm -hmm. a question I ask myself either. It's just that's irrelevant to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to eat. Yeah. Well, so so with with all the different stuff that you do, when all your questions are irrelevant. No, <laughs> that's not what I meant to say. Yeah. When when um <laughs> when you're thinking about how to plan out your week, do you do you switch it up a lot, or do you have like like a certain amount of time that you dedicate to writing, and a certain like what's your kind of schedule? Is it pretty yeah pretty um. The same week to week, or does it change every week? You know, yeah, like just uh, well, kind of the nitty gritty, yeah, brass nitty gritty. Tacks. Yeah, um, I love talking about this stuff. Um, so you were saying that you try to—I don't know—do you try to write every day, or that's I do, something yeah. that you do? Okay, I, I, uh, I don't um, on days when I go to like I've got a, a twelve-hour day shift job on the weekends, so those oh, are the wow. only days that I don't write. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, I try to write, write first every thing. day. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing I was jotting down in my notes was like thinking about when your energy is the best. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important as artists to when is your energy the best? Like talking about just like brass tacks body. What is mm -hmm. your body saying Absolutely, to you? Yeah. And so if some people better at night, some people better in the morning. So I feel like I found that my energy is better in the morning. Yeah, same here. Um, and a lot of people feel that way. So that's when I try to work. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I am, I resist, um, I resist saying like I'm doing this every day because I just don't respond well to that right um, but some people like have said I like to work every day because I get to a rhythm and mm -hmm. then I can just it just becomes routine but That's, I don't yeah. I don't do that because it just doesn't work for me right so uh, I don't I schedule in blocks of time that are just free and then I usually end up writing during that time anyway okay so it's like yeah this is like a but I'm not time. yeah but I'm not saying like I have to write mm -hmm. I never tell myself I have to write because I would usually just give myself the finger and say, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've had, you know, uh, periods where I've, it's been very hard to get writing. Yeah. And, um, and one of the tricks that I've used for that is I would go to a coffee shop and just bring a notebook mm, and a pencil right. and not bring a laptop or anything and then sit there and like, just kind of like, well, if I don't write, I just feel dumb just sitting here. Like, dude, yeah, like, yeah. I didn't bring anything else to yeah, do. Yeah, totally. That, you force yourself yeah, in that situation. Yeah, yeah um, that's good. Yeah, but one thing I do do as far as scheduling um, is for marketing and goals. Like, I, I've set goals, right? So I talked about that, like goals to for an art studio, goals to do a play. And so then I do tactics that I will like, okay, I'm doing this postcard thing this month. So mm. every couple of days I'm going to post a picture of a postcard on Instagram that you can get for free. Mm -hmm. If you um, give me money, it's free. <laughs> 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 so in that way, that's the easy way. And I force myself to just do it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I just do it. It's not like fun. It's just something I'm doing, like brushing my teeth. Right. It's just something I'm doing. Yeah. But I find that if I force myself to write, Right. I, I don't know for whatever reason I just rebel against that so I like yeah. to you know everyone says don't wait till the inspiration hits you but like that's the way I write and maybe I'd be more productive if I didn't do that but that's just the way I am and I have to accept that that's the way I am it, so and, you know it, it, as as a, a fellow writer I feel like um, I don't know I mean it doesn't feel like there's any other way like I, I don't think I could have not done all the all the stuff that I that I do you mm -hmm. know it just feels like it's a, a part of my nature yeah um and so you know uh I guess yeah that's that's my thought for the day is like <laughs> if you're if you're a creative person that that is is working on on some um 
creative output, it's almost like you have to. You right. Know, you have to do that. Right. And so then all of this other stuff that we talk about is kind of like just strategies of it's like just how strategies. to be yourself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just strategies. Like yeah. don't get rid of all this baggage about like I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Just like find something that works and then just do it. And all of us have to accept our limitations. Like, you know, it is what it is. You are who you are. Like that's just yeah. accepting that and forging ahead. So, yeah. yeah. Martha, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Thanks so much. That was a quick hour. Yeah. And (laughs) um, uh, my guest today has been Martha Grover. She's a Portland writer. She does a, well, just let us know a little bit about what you have uh, coming up this spring so people can check check out your stuff. So Bees Wing Listening Bee is my storytelling event. It happens once a month. The next one is on uh, Monday, March 26th. And then the one after that is on April 16th, which is going to be an Earth Day fundraiser, which is going to be really great. Um, Yeah. So that's what's going on with me. I'm going to write a play. I'm, you know, going to write a book, going to do all my things. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Martha. Thank you. I'm Anthony Alvarado. You're listening to The Magic Hour, and we're doing a segment called Yoga Matters, where we talk to Raj Patra, uh, co-founder of Yoga for Life. He was born and brought up in India. He's been doing and uh, teaching yoga for uh, a decade and teaching other people how to teach yoga. He leads a uh, regular trip, a yoga trip to Nepal, and We're just really excited to have Raj on the program for another edition of Yoga Matters where uh, we ask, I get to ask uh, Raj a question uh, that's been on my mind about yoga and, you know, a little bit about me and my yoga practice. I'm like, I'm the kind of guy that's like, uh, I should do yoga more often. I should go like every day. It feels great. It makes me feel good. Uh, look good, feel good. I get so much out of it. But, you know, I'll be honest, I don't go every day. I'm lucky if I make myself go once a week. I've actually been pretty good about doing yoga every morning uh, lately. Um, So it's just really, you know, I feel like a lot of you listeners are probably in that same uh, space as I am, where you're like, you know, you're curious about yoga, you want to know a little bit more. And so it's, it's really great to have Raj on the program where um, kind of a novice like me can ask Raj, the questions that you always were wondering about yoga but were afraid to ask. So today, Raj, welcome to the program again. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how yoga as a practice, as as a philosophy, how does it tie into other spiritual practices and philosophies? And maybe we can also get into physical. How does yoga tie into other or balance out maybe other physical practices and exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start with the spiritual. So you know, yoga is, is a system of, you know, I'm not going to try to say <laughs> what yoga is, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is, you know, there's other mental and spiritual uh, practices that focus on meditation or breath or, or chanting or prayer Um and that come from other traditions, um, Western, Eastern, all over the place. And um, do you see yoga? How does yoga play well with others? Can it? Yeah, uh, that's a very important question. I think that uh, religion and and segmentation of religion um, in modern world, and not not even in modern world. I mean, for the duration of religion, it has played such a significant role in 
uh, partially defining us who we are and what our belief is and partially defining us who we are not and what belief system do we not subscribe to. So um, in order to talk about spirituality, um, uh, let's start with what yoga is and see where in relation to that definition other spiritual systems fall within. So yoga is all about studying, understanding, and evolving your relationship with what you are not. In other words, me as a, as a microcosm. Who is this microcosm and what is my place as this microcosm in relation to a macrocosm, the rest of the universe, mm -hmm. is, is the yoga journey. So many people may know this, but not quite understand in this light. Yoga basically means union. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about spirituality, religion, or practices, these are paths to that union. So when you say, I practice yoga, it's, it's slightly a misnomer because you practicing yoga means you are practicing the union. But in essence, not to dissect a hair, but in essence, what you're doing is you are practicing a path that will lead you to yoga, the union. Is that, I've heard of the Eightfold Path is that similar to path? that? Um, yeah, basically all yoga, all yoga talks about is um, this union. Imagine that as a pinnacle of a mountain, mm -hmm. and the path. All of these practices, religion, spirituality, meditation, is what that, have you, is basically trails leading to that pinnacle. Is that union? Is that are we talking about like a union with the divinity or the cosmos right. or some kind of? Union with uh, something that is greater, bigger than you. Yeah. Some call it God. Some call it Jesus. Some yeah. call it Allah. Some mm -hmm. call it Buddha, what have you, but something that is bigger than you. So if you look at um, the development of um, yoga, um, it has always been finding man's, even from caveman standpoint, finding my place in relation to the other, hence defending myself from the others, etc., etc. And um, yoga is a very, very scientific system, um, these paths are. And it says that there are two starting points. One is an assumption that you and what is not you are one and the same. Hmm. And the other says you and what is not you are fundamentally different. <laughs> so, so the way I... Paradox yeah, yeah paradox. It. And it's all, the way I try to translate this is it's almost like if you have a um, detective movie, the crime happens first. So you see the end as the beginning and then the path goes about figuring out how to discover that end. Okay. So that is in a way you and... Your macrocosm, uh, your microcosm, and the macrocosm are one and the same. Now let's figure out how to. That's so cool. Travel this it. trail to figure this out. Yeah. And the other side is almost like um, uh, a mystery or a drama, where every character is marching along without. They all know their place, but they don't know their place in relation to each other. And then in the end, they come to the conclusion they were all meant to be there, or they are all the same. That's you know? fantastic. So yeah. these are the two different paths um, that that various religion takes. So I'll tell you, um, Buddhism, for example, takes the path of this detective mystery. Okay. So Buddhism Buddhism assumes the practices of Buddhism assumes is that you are divinity, you are it, you there is you there is no little you. It is all about big you or there is not even any merit in distinguishing between you and what is not you. So in Buddhism, it's like, here's here's the answer. Now figure out how to get to the answer. Exactly. Yeah. So the practices of Buddhism is basically to, um, to start from a place of that assumption and travel a path that helps you discover 
Okay, what's what, what's a, a path that is different from that? Um, for example, Christianity mm-hmm. um, is very much like I pray to God. Mm-hmm. I pray to something that is higher, right? And that assumes that you are fundamentally separate from that higher being. Right. And it says that if you follow these paths, your Ten Commandments, your practices, etc., etc., you will eventually see God or, or emerge into God. Mm-hmm. And so that's that drama path where the end result is still to be revealed, but you just follow your, your life path. I really like that way of thinking about it. I, I never thought so. There's the mystery and mystery movies, <laughs> like a detective, the detective thriller, movie and the drama, and, the, and then the drama where there's all these different sort of characters playing a part. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. So where does yoga fit into these two? Both of them are yoga. Okay. Um, so right, right. in essence. Uh, Buddhism, Christianity, Judaism, Islam are various forms of understanding. The path you are traveling is to help you realize that pinnacle where it is the union, right? Right. Um, So um, I will tell you that uh, bringing it down to a little bit more of a physical level since you asked that question um, is that uh, in yoga, one of the prominent practices that you will see people do is traditional sun salutation. Yeah, and it I is do that every morning now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's basically flexing and ex- flexion and extension of the spine a lot. And uh, the reason it is so prominent in yoga practices, um, more so than any warrior one, warrior two, or Patabi Joy's Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga, is because it creates sensations in your body that loosens um, your physical body. In other words, uh, this cerebrospinal fluid, there's a lot of mystery in yoga practices around the cerebrospinal fluid, um, kundalini rising, etc., etc. Just for people that maybe don't know what a sun salutation is, basically, um, you start off standing, you touch your toes, and then you do a downward dog, which I think is probably the most well-known, uh, position, and then you do an upward cobra. Yeah. Cobra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of re- repeat that cycle, um, and it's very fluid. It's a circle, and so you can get going and um, and just kind of re- go through that cycle right. with the breath. Right. Um, and the interesting piece is that the spine is constantly yeah. moving forward and backward, yeah. uh, almost and, like a serpent, mm-hmm, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as phys- physicality, I've been so I've been doing uh, my sun salutations for for a, a, a bit now. I'm starting to get some compliments on building some upper body definition, which is very nice. Um, you know, of course, I'm mostly focused on it for the spiritual practices, but it's, you know, that's nice to have, too. Yeah, you will find, for example, after you do sun salutation, your meditation will be very deep. Mm-hmm. And there are specific scientific reasons, physiological reasons for which that happens. But but going back to the original point, in just like in yoga, uh, the sun salutation is such a prominent practice. You will find that if you um, watch uh, the practices of um, Islam, you will find that they move yeah. their spine in similar movements. I And, you know, that makes me wonder... If like at some point there's this kind of like proto or earlier um, uh, practice that maybe split off into these different directions of of Islam movement and Qigong and yoga, like is there some point in which they kind of were merged? There definitely is. Yeah. If you go back um, uh, without getting too much into the history, well, there can be only one of two ways. Either there was a a original form from which every branch was created. Or the other thing is, let's assume, just like we talked about the detective movie and and the drama, um, that there was none. Yeah. And as a result of which, people in their own segregated and separated positions, when they were experimenting, they came to the same conclusion as this works. That's the way I've always thought of it. 
but you know, it's so hard to say. I mean, it's really, it, it's a question of how far back do these spiritual practices and mental practices and physical exercises go in human history? Do they go back, you know, what came first, the invention of uh, the bow and arrow, fire, the wheel? You know, I would assume that, you know, that a lot of these kind of physical meditative practices are even more ancient I than so. a lot of our most kind of uh, right. early human inventions. Right. So in the yoga history, the Vedas, which is the earliest known um, practices and textbooks, or t- not really textbooks, but drawings and, and wall arts, etc. They say that at the point in, by the t- point in time that people looked at the star and they were filled with mysticism about it, or they learned how to light a fire and they stared at the fire. Mm-hmm. That is when they realized that there is something that is bigger than who they are. Mm-hmm. And that was the dawn of the thinking of yoga. And many other religion almost goes back to that level or has symbolisms embedded within right. within uh, the, their scriptures to do so. So, um, so how does the physical practice of yoga relate to spirituality? Um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing because like in, uh, in Christianity or Buddhism, you know, they're very, there's not really a physical component per se. I mean, I think that there is mm-hmm. um, maybe in some more kind of older tradition old, uh, ways of doing uh, these these religions but but people I mean there's you know you're not gonna <laughs> get complimented on on like having good upper body definition by uh, counting your rosary a lot or whatever you know what I mean like so that it's really interesting that there's this physical this balance of like physical and spiritual that happens in yoga and th- that almost seems. I, um, I think the fundamental problem here is that every time we are t- saying yoga in that context right. here, we are talking about a physical activity. Right. And yoga is, the physical activity is such a small component. In fact, yoga, uh, the system of yoga, broadly broad classification, there are four major classifications. There are many, but four major classifications. The first one is Raja Yoga, which is, um, which is the eight-limb path that many people know about. And asana is only one of the limbs of that eight-limb path. Yeah, so it's like 15%. Yes, something yeah. like that. I'm bad at math. <laughs> we'll check that later. <laughs> and then uh, and then there is uh, the other type of yoga that is called bhakti yoga. That is devotional yoga. Um, and then there is karma yoga, which is action. What mm-hmm. you do and, and the output of that action. And finally, uh, there is jnana yoga, which is knowledge-based, so where you're seeking knowledge. You're studying with a teacher. You're reading scriptures. You are trying to know something that you do not know about. Hence, mm-hmm. pursuing something that is greater than who you are at that moment. And this pursuit of transcendence, because... That is essentially what yoga is, uh, allows for this, for yoga to, to really work well with any other avenue or path. That's exactly yeah. it. Yes. Okay. And that's where, that's where all of this religion and spirituality, so to say, merge together. It's, it's all the same seeking. path. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Raj, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, it's always wonderful to get to catch up with you and talk about yoga. Uh, I wanted to let listeners know Raj is taking people. Um, on a trip to Nepal coming up in March. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this is an all-inclusive trip to the source of where yoga originated. Um, we take uh, yoga practitioners and teachers there. Every morning we have phenomenal three-hour-long yoga um, classes, posture classes, and then we traverse every day into different parts of Nepal. Um, we look at various monasteries. We go into the depths of what monks do, um, and we see um, sights and sounds of what the culture 
of India and Nepal and the Himalayan region is. Mm-hmm. Um, People's uh, lives change, or so they say, as a result of this yeah. trip, because they see themselves uh, in a in a context that they couldn't fathom, particularly in um, in the ecosystem of yoga. It sounds amazing. How long does the trip last? The, the trip is about um, eight days long. Okay. Uh, this year, it's going to be March 1st through the 8th of 2018. Mm-hmm. And you can find a lot of information on yogaforlifepdx.com. Great. All right. Thanks uh, again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And that's our show. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Magic Hour. As always, I've been your host, Anthony Alvarado. I want to say thank you to X-Ray FM for letting us record the show and broadcast on X-Ray. And thanks to Colin Robson for being the sound engineer for today's show. Until next time.